2: Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Registers, head to registermeets.com. That's Registermeets.com.
1: It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. 333 real talk radio war chant tv begins right now if you're watching a war chant tv make sure you like and subscribe great to be with you i guess i should say as we start the show not only it's brought to you by register sausage here but uh, happy new year everybody as you can see we're in different locales still getting back to uh, to norm here probably next week but it's always good to be with you and uh, thanks to register sausage hello boys
0: happy thanks, new year Jeff.
1: Hey guys,
2: what's going on?
1: How are you? How's your new
0: year start off? Pretty
1: good. Better than yours, buddy. Better than yours, I think. Yep. It's a safe yep. bet. Uh, by the way, I screwed up. Yay, sausage!
0: We should uh, we should have like a little like COVID caption or something under Corey, or like a, a just a color around his box or something. Let it. He's in. The, he's in the protocol. I'm in the, the protocol, protocol. Yeah,
2: I tested positive a couple days ago. Uh, mild symptoms. Uh, feeling better now. I don't know how I sound. I probably stout, still sound congested, uh, but I do feel better. Um, and just hoping to get back out there on the streets. And <laughs> pretty soon. Pretty <laughs> soon. The within the next five days or so.
0: Man, I was listening back to uh, when I, I when I, during the uh, during the break when we were driving up to uh, uh, North Georgia, the family we took a little trip, and uh, I listened to a little bit of the headlines from before the break and Cor- Jeff and I just sounded like complete ass. Cause we were both so we were both sick, yeah. but apparently not with COVID. We don't think. Um, but then you, uh, you went out and did the real thing. You went out, you, you had to go big or go home and you went big.
2: I did. I did. I was like, I want to see what all the fuss is about. Everybody else is doing it. Uh, my son had it. So, uh, yeah, here I am with COVID quarantining away, uh, living the life.
1: Well, but, you were destined to get it once your kid got it, so that that was the end of that. Yeah, but that
2: wasn't from him. That's the that's the thing that's uh, not problematic, but a little bit frustrating is I didn't get it from him. Um, but I don't know where I got it from. But he was ten days out of quarantine by the time I touched him. I didn't really touch him. Well, by the time I hugged him, it's that's a weird crazy. thing to say. Crazy. Um, and h- hung around him, and uh, so it wasn't him. But it's out there, guys. Be safe. Uh, you know, just you know, do what you got to do.
0: But uh, register sausage is never in quarantine. Yeah. They're, they're always uh, part of our protocols here at several uh, Headlines. And uh, it's a new year. Same great sausage. Registermeats.com is the website. Unless you live in – you know man, I looked at their website the other day, the list of locations, and it's like it's like the COVID map. I mean, registered Ooh. sausage locations are now across central Florida, northeast Florida, over to Alabama, up into Georgia. I mean, there's tons of uh, locations for registered sausage. But if you don't live in one of those areas – you can order it and uh registermeats.com and they'll deliver it to you with ice and keep it fresh and uh, you won't regret it in 2022.
1: Only question I want answered from you two gentlemen, I, we haven't had a chance to talk during the holidays too much once we did our final show. Terrell Dawkins, he's on campus. He's going to go ahead and sign with Florida State today. We know that, Ira. Go ahead and break that down or put the text into Langston and let's get that confirmation. <laughs> what are we doing here?
0: Uh, Terrell Dawkins is one of the uh, defensive linemen that they're pursuing. He's a, yes. a NC, NC State transfer. Uh, I do not have the breaking news, Jeff, that that has happened. But, yeah, they're pursuing a lot of options on the defensive line, and he's one of them. And, uh, yeah, they've done a lot of – I mean, since the portal has uh, – since it's opened or since they've hit the offseason, I mean, Florida State's already got five or six guys, uh, receivers, offensive linemen. they got a safety out of Louisville. Um, so they've done a nice job so far. But defensive end and linebacker are the two spots that they really have to hit up uh, here yeah. as it closes.
1: Every day I get up, I go to warchant.com. But o'clock in the morning, sip my coffee. I go straight to the Langston page. No offense to you two fine gentlemen. Right. I'm looking to see the chats to see what he's breaking because I know how you guys are doing, but you can't help this football team. I need Langston out here pulling his weight. We need to get some guys in here. The time is now. Let's go. Defensive ends, linebackers, defensive tackles. I know we've made a push for receivers. Got it. I feel good about the 6'7 kid from Arizona State, but... Let's get on the ball with the defensive lineman and defensive ends. Cause that's the only way we're going to have a winning record next year.
2: Well, they went and grabbed the receivers though. They, the, the weakness well, on the offense, they wouldn't attack that with vigor. Um, so now, yeah, now they turned their attention to the defense and I don't think they turned away any defensive lineman to go get a wide receiver from the PAC 12. I don't think they did that. Um, but yes, now the attention all turns to, in my opinion, it all turns to the defense. You would like one more lineman. You'd like maybe a quarterback, but Man, yeah, defensive line is where they need to go. Hit it. It
0: would it's be cool. It would be cool if one of these uh, after the championship game, one of these, another Jermaine Johnson come, plops out of Georgia or somebody from Alabama or or some of these other teams that recently just played. I mean, you're seeing more guys, including Ohio State's quarterback, jumping in the portal. So there's no telling who's going to jump in next.
1: And Oklahoma's quarterback jumping in the portal, who uh, right. was you know a stud. So th- the things that we feared as fans about the modern era of college football and the changing shape of college football, yeah, they're happening. They're happening. You could have a kid come in and be a borderline brief Heisman candidate as a freshman no. and lose his ass no. that no. offseason. Just like that. It happens. Now, I granted, I mean, starting, I mean, the head coach left the program. So I'm not begrudging kids for leaving. I'm just noting this can happen even at places where a kid had ultra success early. In a, and, you know, we're not
2: the old guys that hate Paying players hate players getting what they're owed. We we I think we all three agree that uh, there needed to be more player empowerment, a lot more, considering what this sport has been for a hundred years. But something I mean, this has got to be corralled. Like this is now a professional sport, and when somebody signs with the Tampa Bay Bucks, other than taking off their jersey and throwing hey, it to the moon, they, they're property of the Bucks until that contract is over and now there's there's no recourse for these institutions when when a coach leaves that coach has taken everyone it is a everything must go sale it's like a warehouse shutting down like they take everything they can coaches players recruits and the institutions they're like I, all right i guess we start over i there i don't know what can be done other than I don't know. Do they unionize? Do players unionize, and then you can for you can actually have contracts with the schools? Because right now, there's scholarships, and scholarships aren't contracts.
1: Well, we're getting back to a, a consistent talking point, which is that until there is a czar of college football that is operating in the best interest of the sport, and then it's an agreed upon figure that is. You know, somebody with real authority, real power that the power five at the very least have said, yes, we agree. This is the guy we're voting and he's the guy we will take orders from. He's got the best interest of college football in mind, both for players, coaches, fans, institutions, you name it. Until that happens, man, this free for all is going to continue. And, you know, you just have to expect that uh, if you get a kid and he's good, hold your breath. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because there's a chance somebody else is recruiting him while he's on your roster.
0: And again, I think I might have brought it before. I just I keep thinking of the scenes, like in The Godfather, when the, the families get together at the table, and mm-hmm. like we need the Power Five families to sit down, say this isn't good for anybody. We need to figure out a plan. We need to figure out a solution, uh, maybe without killing people. You know, we don't need to rub people out. Uh, but well, look, we man, help- Barzini
2: Barzini was a pimp. Yeah. We all know that. <laughs> he didn't have the muscle.
0: we need to come up with some sort of solution. But yeah, that's what it's going to take. We're in this period right now where uh, it's, it is completely the wild West. And then now we got to figure out, okay, there has to be some law and order. We need the sheriff, the sheriffs and the deputies to ride into town and establish some order, not for Florida state's sake, but for the sports sake, because this situation is, I mean, is, 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 are we just assuming this guy's going to follow his coach to Southern Cal or, or do we think it's just really wide open and if, if a guy like that can do it, then yeah, man, anybody can do it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I've gotten to a place where if I just view it from the prism of a, a fan, I just don't have real expectations of, of a long-term career for anybody. You know, I mean, that stinks. We watch guys come here. You kind of invested both emotionally and obviously you're invested financially in the program or the institution that you went to school in. And so you watch guys grow and you get excited about their maturation process, you know, Listening to Coach Atkins today, you could tell he, he loves where the offensive line is headed because they've had continuity. And he talked about building that and, and, and guys maturing. Talked about Jordan Travis having an opportunity to grow in the position where he couldn't do some things, but now he can do some things. And that's the normal process. But as a fan, I really just don't expect it anymore. I mean, it, it could happen, and I, I hope it does. I cross my fingers. But until we have whatever regulations are going to come next – you just don't know uh, that it's worth your, your emotional investment uh, to, to, to get a kid as a freshman and think that you're going to see him three years later. And that's not a judgment of anything. It's just that's where we're at. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. I mean, I'm sure OU thought they had their quarterback of the future. Uh, when, he, when he replaced Spencer Rattler, they said, man, we got something here. This kid's a freak. Goodbye.
2: I wonder if Venables would have still gone if he'd have known Caleb Williams was saying peace out.
1: Peace out, yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I, I think, you know, and look, it's just, this is a billion-dollar industry. It's the second or third biggest sport in this country. It needs to be, uh, a, I don't know, administered like that. Like, again, I'm all for players getting whatever they want, just like in the NFL, just like in the NBA, just like the coaches. I mean, the coaches don't have a salary cap. The coaches can move whenever, so players can too. But coaches also have a contract. And players now were able to move just – willy-nilly from school to school and uh, you know they could go to the highest bidder which is fine but it, ne- it just needs to be regulated we need to figure out a way and I don't know if it's going to be two or three years from now there needs to be a way to we a way to regulate this or you're going to lose the casual fan the cat there's all like you pointed out there's already a pro football league and I it's a lot it's better than been. college football yeah it's run a lot better than college football yes. so there, there's every team every three or four years has a chance to win in the NFL. That ain't the case in college football. It's just going to alienate more and more fan bases to the point you're only going to be left with 20 schools that
1: really care. And you don't want that. That's not good for the sport.
0: I did well, like. The- I know. Oh, go ahead, Jeff.
1: No, that's I was going to say, that's why I just keep reiterating. The czar of college football as elected by the power five who has college football's best interest in mind would 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 step in cory uh as they do in the nba for example or they have in the nfl before if you see something that is a lopsided in terms of a trade or an owner who's just trying to to remove assets and, and sell uh you could step in and say to the sec look man the sec can't just play the sec the rest of the country plays college football too it's not good for the sport if oklahoma and texas leave the big 12 now Maybe people don't want that. Maybe they do want teams to be able to leave whatever conference they're associated with. But bottom line is that would be one of those big-time decisions where a supposed voted-in czar of college football would have to stay yay or nay on that kind of movement uh, and whether or not it was best for the sport. And then, you you know, obviously you get it all trickles down from there when we talk about player movement, coach movement, and all that.
0: I did think it was interesting the way uh, Alex Atkins talked today, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, our interviews with Coach Atkins this morning that people can find at warchan.com. Um, We have the full Q&A transcript and also the video. But uh, he pointed out specifically when I asked him about the transfer portal and their approach to it, he really went hard after the fact that, look, our number one goal is to develop players and to sign high school players and develop them because he was sending a message. I'm sure this is a conversation they are constantly having with the players on their roster, not just the offensive line anymore because now he's the offensive coordinator, but at every position on offense, look, just because we went and got a receiver doesn't mean we've given up on you. Just because we went out and got a couple offensive linemen doesn't mean we've given up on you. We're going to keep developing you because the last thing they need is to bring in on the offensive line Caden Lyles and uh, Bless Harris and then have two or three of the young offensive linemen bail because they think, oh, I'm being recruited over. Well, same thing at wide receiver, same thing at every position. So that that's an interesting part of this uh, that is going to have to be watched as well.
2: Yeah, you but guys, it's, it's the reality, right? I mean, they are being recruited over. They, they've they got to develop quicker. They've got to get better um, because they need help immediately.
0: Yeah, man, so but It's, you it's can't, that you can't. balance.
2: Oh, I know. It's a balance yeah. they have to strike. But, yeah, they, they're they not bringing in the kid from Wisconsin to compete for a job. They're bringing him to start.
0: Right, but you can't let the players – because the perception of yeah. the fans and the media is going to be, okay, well, they don't believe in those guys, so they got to go get somebody else. Well, then if you're that player in any, either of those positions, you're going to think – okay, well, they don't want me here. They don't believe I could do it. I'm going to go prove them wrong. I'm going to go somewhere else. You can't have that happen. You need those underclassmen to stay and continue to develop. So I just think it's interesting that Atkins chose this forum, his first public comments, to really kind of beat that drum.
1: I was impressed with uh, Alex Atkins today for a lot of people that did not get to sit in on the press conference this morning at 930. I thought he was fantastic, and we already knew he was cerebral. We already knew uh, that the, the way he approached the job was something that I think if, if the average fan got to hear him talk and listen to his insights about his career, about offensive football, about his relationship with players and coaches, they would immediately be very excited that he was chosen uh, to be elevated, because this is a guy that the three of us, and I think most who covered this team, this program, have been very impressed with from day one, right around the middle of the season, there began to be whispers that if there had to be a move that was going to be made, if Dillingham did leave, we all immediately said, well i, I, I tell you what priority number one would be to make sure you keep Atkins, and that would mean you 'd probably have to elevate him uh, to some degree at least in title, and they have and, and i 'm impressed with him. I, I just every time I hear him talk, I think this guy is the real deal."
0: Yeah, he's super. I mean, he's definitely a super sharp guy. And, and uh, you know, he did give some insights into how things are going to work because a lot of people had questions about an offensive line coach being offensive coordinator. He uh, explained that uh, he is going to be still on the field coaching the offensive line. He's going to be coordinating the offense the way a lot of coordinators do when the head coach calls the plays. He'll be the one putting pretty, pretty, – he'll meet with the head coach and the other position coaches. They'll put together the game plan. He'll draw it all up, get everything ready. But then on game day, Mike Norvell is going to be the play caller, which is different than what we saw the last couple of years. When Norvell was at Memphis, he was the play caller. But I think part of getting Kenny Dillingham to come over from Auburn was letting him call the plays, at least the vast majority of plays. Uh, I don't remember any game where I could tell that it looked like Mike Norvell was actually calling the plays, for better or worse. Now it's going to go back to Norvell calling the plays, uh, Atkins being the coordinator mostly from from Sunday to Friday, getting things in order and getting them prepared, and then uh, Norvell actually be the, the play caller. Uh, and they'll have somebody else up in the box uh, helping them out. Probably Tony Tokars, the quarterbacks coach.
2: Don't we think that's what's going to happen though? That to- Tokars will be up in the. I mean, they got to have right. somebody up in the box to give Norvell some eyes, right? Because Atkins, sure. I mean, he's going to be. He's got a job on Saturdays, and it's not calling plays. It's making sure his guys can block.
1: I thought it was clarified nicely, though. That was yeah, perfect. Yeah. Everybody got a real good understanding of exactly how it works. And, and, and I will say this, um, you know, Atkins spoke on this today. Other coaches have too in the past. It is one of Mike Norvell's great strengths is empowering his assistant coaches and giving them real say in the game plan, real say in preparation, real input in what they do from week to week. Now on game day, ultimately he calls plays in this case scenario he's going to once again and also of course he's the head coach so he can override anything he wants during the week he will take your suggestions but um, all of those coaches that speak about Mike Norvell talk about how much they feel like their voice is heard I just think that's huge and it also speaks to why so many coaches have had success under Mike Norvell and been sought after by other programs It's just a feather in the cap of Mike Norvell. Now, listen, he's got to win games. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we can speak glowingly of Mike Norvell until the cows come home. But, you know, starting next year, I think you're going to have to have a winning record here for anybody to remain bought in. That's all well and good. But I just want people to know that this guy is as well thought of in the coaching industry by other coaches as there is because they all say it, uh, you know, verbatim, time and again, when asked about their relationship with and their roles with Mike Norvell.
0: Well, and he said that, you know, Atkins said that when he was, When he was at the University of Charlotte, when he was uh, the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach there, and Mike Norvell approached him about coming to Florida State, obviously FSU is an attractive job. It's a huge step up from Charlotte. But also, he talked to other coaches around the country who worked with Mike Norvell, and they all said the same thing, that he is a guy that's going to tell you, he's going to shoot you straight. Uh, If there's opportunities to advance, he will help you advance in your career. And I think that was important to him, and I th- it's important to hear that from other coaches. Just like when rec- recruits come on visits, they want to hear from the players more than they want to hear from the coaches. I think it was important for Alex Atkins to hear that from other coaches. Now, here we are two years later, Kenny Dillingham moves on, and, and Atkins has proven himself on the staff, and Mike orvels rewarded him with that position. Now, other coaches around the country will see that. And then when they're looking at positions, they'll be more interested in Florida State because you do get promoted from within.
2: I'd still rather have Saban.
0: <laughs> fair 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 point
1: just saying I'd rather have the money that the Texas A&M faithful are pouring into recruiting classes. God bless them. God bless them. You haven't won anything in yeah. 80 years. Yeah. 90 years. It's 1939
2: was the last time they won a national championship.
1: Yeah, that's all I'm pointing out to pointing out now though. This is this is the moment they've been waiting for yeah. at Texas A&M and many other schools who have more money than since, right? This is this is the the time they've been waiting for because it seems now more than ever, those recruiting classes are going to be made up of people who are able to promise large sums of money for the most amount of five stars. Yeah, and that's why Florida State fans will continue, along with countless others, hundreds of other universities, uh, will remain frustrated, uh, knowing that really the best they're going to do in the very near future is to maybe compete to win the ACC. Uh, They've got a ways to go before they can field a team that can line up with the team that Kirby Smart's put together at Georgia using the same methodology, Alabama, and soon-to-be Texas A&M. That class is absurd that he's put together, and there's probably two more five-stars coming. And that's all NIL, that's all money, that's all commitment, quote-unquote, to the process. Uh, I think we should break for a moment. Simple headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV.
0: Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you, but we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready. Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all case, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant.
1: Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Don't worry about uh, George's chances of winning the rematch?
2: I don't feel not good about it. Uh with I didn't think Alabama's offense was overly impressive at all in that game. Um without having uh Minchie. They didn't look like the and I don't I don't expect Alabama to run for I don't expect Robinson to run for two hundred yards against Georgia. So uh yeah, I kinda like I, I like their chances. Hard to beat a good team twice. You know that, Jeff.
1: I do. I took uh, Georgia at the start of the season at plus eight hundred to win the national championship. So that would be a nice payday, and I would be happy for you, of course, too, Corey. Are you going to hedge um, it?
2: Are you going to hedge that
1: bet? No, because I like Georgia to win. Uh, I'm convinced that they're going to win. In fact, <laughs> oh, but oh, not no. for the reasons that you gave. Uh, I, I, you know, listen. Uh, Alabama couldn't move the ball against Auburn either, and they turned around and lit Georgia's ass up for anything they wanted. But I, uh, I do, I do think that uh, Georgia did a lot in this game to improve Stetson Bennett's confidence. And uh, I I, I believe he'll play better. He really was the root of the problem.
2: Well, the 41 points was a pretty big root of that problem.
1: Or 34
2: if you take away the pick six.
1: That was was bad. But I think a lot of this, again, stems from – They've got, to me, you got to believe in a quarterback. You're going to get into a game where points are scored here. I know both defenses are capable and great. Georgia's can be really great. Uh, But there's just too much talent here and too much time. I I think they'll score. Um, Both teams will. I need Setson Bennett to rise to the occasion and not be bad. He just got to be slightly above average, and he was less than that in the last game.
2: He lit up Michigan, though.
1: Sorry, Wolverines. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Sorry, Harbaugh. College football playoffs sucked for all of us who don't have a rooting interest though. Oh, like, it was yeah. on, it was they
2: were awful. They were awful. It sucked it, for everybody.
0: It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it,
2: it, I didn't I wouldn't even I mean it was fine it was fun to watch a, your team you uh, cheer for scored touchdowns, but those games were awful.
1: They frequently are. Yeah. <laughs> There's usually at least one blowout. Uh I I mean, I don't know what they do about it, but uh Go you know, to 12. If you go to 12 games, or
2: 12 teams, that's, what is that, 10 games, right? Do the math, Ira. How many playoff games would that be, 10?
0: Who knows, man. Uh, you expect Eight. me to figure that out on the top of my head. <clears throat> I
2: just but, think but Out of those 10, five of them will probably be good. They'll be entertaining. That Pitt-Michigan
1: State game would have been good if Pickett was playing. That would have been a fun game to watch. That's I mean, another that's big aspect of what we're talking about here, though. I think you talked about losing the casual fan. I think you could lose the hardcore fan. It's not that kids can't have the option to opt out. It's just that it's not fun for fans who want to watch their team play as a whole unit
0: yeah. with their
1: best players on the field.
0: How about our guy Kirk Street Well, not just it was Desmond too. Desmond Howard I, where it was on that clip too. Everybody's focused on Kirk, but Desmond, I thought was just as bad, just as tone deaf to sit there as ES employees. I mean, the two two of the three or four most high profile college football people on that network when ESPN has created this whole thing. They created the the bowl system, the playoff uh, system. They they sponsor all the bowls now, except for a couple of them. And to sit there and complain about kids opting out, not loving the sport anymore when they've created this with the playoff and having the playoff at four. I do think to Corey's point, I think that getting it to whether it's eight or 12, probably 12 would be better. At least it keeps other teams engaged. I mean, just having it down to where it's, especially this year, no, nobody thought Cincinnati was going to beat Alabama. Uh, nobody thought, I mean, Michigan, maybe some people were impressed by some things Michigan did. But when you watch that game, it was obvious uh, that they weren't comparable. And it's just, it's taking, it's wildcard teams in the NFL have a shot. Wildcard teams in baseball have a shot. But when you only have four teams and only two or three of them really have a shot, it just sucks the life out of the sport. Your reigning Super Bowl champion
1: is, in right. fact, a wild card team, sir. Um, but, uh, Corey, you know who that is, right? Um, it's still the Bucks? right? It's still the nice. 10th. Nice. Yeah. Still,
0: All right, still the gold. Cool, do you remember uh, who
2: won the World Series? I do. Just I do. saying. Just yeah. saying. Oh, they that got me through cool. some tough times.
1: I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy for you because it ain't going to be the Hawks or the Falcons. So there it was. I'm pleased. No. Man, mm-hmm. another, Just like it's not going to be the Pirates for me.
0: <laughs> another wild card team, right? Yeah. No the, no, the
2: division, no, the Braves won the come division.
1: Come
0: on. Come on now. That's all the Braves should've, do is win the Should have been a wild card. Yeah.
1: It
2: should've felt a like card. a wild
1: card team during the regular season. No, they wouldn't have won the wild card with that record. They had that's to win right, the division. That's right. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I just, it's it's tough. It's tough for fans. I, I mean, that is that is fair. Like As convoluted as it is, and it's not black and white, and it's not so easy to come up with a, an easy answer that satisfies everybody. I'm just noting, as you correctly pointed out in your great column, Ira, just before the break on Warchant.com, that with all of the radical shifts in college football, change is hard for people. And some of the change is great. Not all of it is. And so a lot of this that we're watching is tough for people to stomach. And I don't know anybody, even if you're for all of the player empowerment that we're talking about, and I think the three of us are, even if you're for that, you can't get excited about watching Pitt without their starting quarterback. What? I mean, that's like anybody. That's anybody who's a fan or went to school or roots for any school. If all of a sudden you have to play games and your best players aren't playing, well,
2: hell. Well, it's not, it's not indicative of the team you are. Like Michigan State didn't have the Walker kid either, right? He didn't play. Right, so right. the reasons you're in these games, the, the big reasons you're in these games, they're not there to play in the games. Like Purdue and Tennessee was a really watchable, fun game. But Purdue was missing their first-round defensive end. They're tied in. Two of their best three receivers. I assume Tennessee had guys sitting out, too. Um, it just wasn't the teams that they had they had all season to get to that point. So we either have to start looking at bowls through a different lens. Like, the they are just straight-up exhibitions. They're almost well, like spring games. Well, they've been in exhibitions for a long time. Yeah. but Well, but they are now, like, especially because players, even ones that are getting six-round picks, are yeah. like, I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> and it makes sense. Like, you know, maybe a quarterback – like i was thinking the kid from old miss even if he broke his ankle what is that affecting his draft stock one iota if you're a, if you're an nfl gm and believes in that kid not a McKenzie milton injury just a straight fracture you have all your medical people look at it he's going to be fine in five months what is that you're gonna, you gonna you're gonna not draft a potential franchise qb because of an ankle injury in a bowl game Maybe uh, I don't think a- so. Not a quarterback. Well, no, not and,
0: a quarterback. And, and if it's a broken bone, that's one thing. The the, the greater concern, especially for running back or, Yo, or yeah, yeah, that's why the thing with the
2: picket, I was like, right. come on, man, Picket, What was your real risk there? You, you're still going to be probably a first round pick unless you're, you know, your arm could get knocked off or you could get an awful concussion. I I get it. Well, I this, get it. If Brady was going to be a first round pick, I might tell him to sit out the bowl game. I'm just saying.
0: Well, this what is why the- this and this is why I was not. I mean, I know Florida State fans definitely want you want to be Florida. You want to get to a bowl if you could. But the reason I wasn't all that broken up about them not making a bowl this Florida State team was, if they trotted out a team without Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas and maybe uh, Jamie Robinson even and in, in a, in a uh, Jay Sean Corbin, I mean, I mean, what what would that team look like against any Division One team that made a bowl? So it would have left this season. With just kind of a crappy feeling, no, even more you so. Would,
2: you'd rather that crappy feeling been right after a Florida win, because that I wasn't guess, a great man. feeling.
0: No, I no, I hear you, but I'm just saying the 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 bowl part of it specifically, not making a bowl game, it wouldn't have. The people uh, could have
2: just been like Miami and canceled anyway. Yeah, they're not go. even played the bowl game.
0: Just it's like, just hey, me, we got six have, and six. I think there was a feeling that that team had untapped potential. That 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 team was getting better in the second half of the season. They yeah. won five of their last seven games you know, they didn't play well against Florida, but man, if they could go out and play one more time, maybe they would play their best game and they they have more left on the table, but you wouldn't have seen that team is my point. I'm not saying if they had beaten beaten Florida, I'm saying what if they had beaten Jacksonville State and became bowl eligible. Now the last taste in your mouth was seeing that team without most of their best players. It just sucks. And you, no matter uh... matter what your prism is, like you could sit there and pragmatically say, oh, we'll just look at this as a preview to next season. But the reality is that wouldn't be the case either because you wouldn't have any of the guys you're getting from the transfer portal yet. It's just a yeah. bastardization of what. Well, like Florida fans me.
2: felt after that game, right? Yeah, after after losing to UCF. I was going to ask both of y'all, what do you think of the uh, receiver haul? You excited about it? I think at the very least, you have gotten at least two dudes that are going to play big, big heavy rotation minutes for you, snaps for you, um, and you're going to be you're just going to be better at that position. I think we can all agree they got better and more physical at that position.
1: Yeah. They got better at wide receiver. Uh, I, I in particular, was very, very excited about the, the kid at, uh, the, the Johnny Wilson kid at Arizona state, uh, because the film shows him in a college football game against power five teams blocking his ass off. Yeah. That's exciting. Of course, the pedigree of Micah Pittman is something that you can get excited about. I don't know what was behind whatever happened at Oregon. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, I understand that Deuce Span is, is fast. He's caught five passes in college football, so I won't hold right. my breath on that. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not knocking him. Maybe, maybe he's great. He's got five passes for Illinois. I don't know if he's any good as a receiver. I know he's fast. The other two dudes I'm more excited about, in particular the Arizona State kid, because that guy loves to block, and they need guys who block out on the perimeter with the quick game. So I'm excited about that, and then I think I'm not discounting his potential as a receiver, as a catcher, and a route runner either. I'm just saying that guy comes in with a football mentality that's going to help your team right off the bat. That's I'm very excited about him.
0: I like. I mean, I like Pittman a lot too, though. I mean, I think that you see the glimpses of what he can do, and he's he's actually a receiver. Uh, his dad's uh, receiver. Return
1: punts too, Iris. So yeah, but his dad's
0: receiver. About. His brother's a receiver. He grew up in a family of wide receivers, and had an offense that I think it's legitimate. He's he didn't like being in an offense where. They were going to run the ball most of the time, and it was a it was it was a conservative game plan. They didn't have great quarterback play, and I think it's uh, it, you know exciting to him to be in an offense that wants to pass more. Now Florida State's not a wide open passing attack either, yes, but I think but I think better maybe than what he was uh, getting at Oregon. And I, again, man, you just look at what they've been lining up at wide receiver for the last three or four years. I mean, good grief! I, he's going to be a huge upgrade. I think he starts from day one. I think Johnny Wilson's a big part of it, uh, and then if they can develop. Uh, the other kid, I think that's a big deal. Now, it's going to take some time to develop. You know, it's you don't move from playing quarterback probably your whole life. Although he is a Lakewood guy, you had to be excited about that. I, I, well,
1: fan. he's got the pedigree to be dominant. There's no right. doubt about that. I mean, coming from where he came from, playing against the kinds of guys I played against, Ira, as you well know, right. right? It leads to greatness, whether it's in the broadcasting realm or on the football field.
0: Correct. I wonder if he had your locker. You think he had? You think he got? It's enshrined. Locker? It's enshrined. They don't let you anybody. You can't. Have you're that. not
1: allowed. Thank you, Corey. I didn't want yeah. to say it. Right. I didn't want to go there. You jumped in. It's like somebody
2: yeah. asking if somebody has Warwick Dunn's locker. Right. It's, uh, come on, man.
1: Not quite not quite the same, but they're yeah. still
0: letting people use William Floyd's locker. But oh, his, his
1: William's locker was two down from mine. Um, I don't know if he ever got the same recognition. Now, certainly right. he went on to have a better NFL career or an NFL career period. Uh, but the point is, I don't know if they ever bestowed that upon him. I was also a team captain, Ira, so Ooh, there's that. Yeah, there's,
0: right,
2: there's yeah that. right, I was going to – so when – say Deuce – what's his last name, Span? hmm He catches an 80-yard touchdown. He, he, slip, he gets a little slip screen, busts through the defense, and he's at the midfield. Does Deckerhoff say Deuces or does he say the Deuce is loose? Well, he said the deuces loose before back in the day. Oh, he has. Well, For who? Antone Smith? Anton Smith. Oh, okay. Well, then he needs to go deuces. I think deuces is a good – because that's what you're doing. You're saying peace out as you score a touchdown. All right. as soon as I ask a pro- thought-provoking question like that, you just look down at your phone. I was, I was listening
0: to your uh, conversation. I was listening to the oh, conversation. Jeff okay. answered it, and uh, I thought he answered it accurately. Do I, we all have to answer your questions?
2: Well, yeah, it was to both of you. What would you go with? Deuces? Or the deuces I think you lose. care about like it more deuce than is
1: I. Yeah, deuces yeah. Is fine. I think you care about it a little bit more deeply. We're going to let you vet it yourself, just yeah. orally. Go ahead and okay. work it out, and, and you were going to come to the conclusion you were going to come to. So
2: right, correct, you know, yeah. Yeah.
1: correct. Yeah. yeah, the
2: deuces <laughs> lose pride, but I like saying deuces as you're going
0: into the end zone. You're still, you know, yeah. you're still holding out hope for the the Sean gone backfield, which apparently it's done. One of the, the Sean's is gone. And one of the, the Sean's is gone. What was the the Bamboo Express uh, you guys came up with? So it was the Piano Express. I'm gonna let you guys. Eat bamboo. I'm gonna let you guys. You and Aslan can kind can, can of corner the market on the nickname game. Okay. And, uh, All right. In the in the uh, the catchphrases for Gene Decker off. But man,
2: the receivers for real. When you look at that receiving crew, like there is a chance one of those guys, maybe not a Jermaine Johnson type season, but there's a lot of untapped stuff in, especially in the first two they got. Where you're like, man, maybe Pittman just needed a change of scenery like a Jermaine Johnson and more at bats, and he could have an all-conference type season.
1: I mean, there is something in there. I don't wanna I don't wanna make it sound like I'm not excited for his potential, but I'm just I'm excited for his potential. We'll see. I'm more excited about what I've seen uh, from the Arizona State kid. But I, I uh, listen, Pittman. I, his dad played on that 0 two team. I, I remember that, and obviously we know who his brother is. So yeah, I mean he's a, he's a freak of an athlete. Has to be that entire family is. So I don't I don't have any doubt that he's got ability. Um, I just want to see him come in and be committed and buy in and be a good teammate and and you know get after it. Hopefully he does emerge as such. Uh, I don't know what went on at Oregon. I mean it's it's a weird thing to just be unhappy with an offense and then be like kind of shut it down in season. Um, so mm, I want I mean- to.
0: It was the very end of the season. It wasn't like – it was like, I think, 10, 11 games in, something like that. Um, he's also – he's also got a guy. He does, like, video blogs during the day of games. So, that'll be exciting for Mike Morbell to navigate as well. He, <laughs> I saw him uh, – he does YouTubes from, like, the locker room before they're getting ready to go on a game. So, uh, should be should be an adventure from that standpoint. But, look, man, they had to get better at wide receiver. They had to get better on the offensive line. They've done both of those things. So, that's – I mean, there's – I think that's legitimately reason to be excited about this offense going into next year.
1: And that's why I began the broadcast with let's get this information out about all these guys signing up today and tomorrow on the defensive line, defensive end, linebacker, because I agree with you, they've made strides on the other side of the ball. Some of the headlines, ninety three three Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues in a moment. How you doing there, podcasters? Good. Good to hear it. Listen, <laughs> if you're if you're wondering, uh for you know, for a good place to eat. Watch a game, have a cold beer, enjoy a lot of choices. We suggest Horizons Bar and Grill. Maybe even run into us. You might see us. You and I especially. Yes.
2: I mean, I'm there once a week, I think. When I'm in town, I'm there. Stephanie and I are there. Great place. Cold beer, hot women, everything you want in a, uh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Oh, it's okay. Hot beer
1: and cold women. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you're into. I like like (laughs) the good looking ladies too. That's all right. But but even if that's uh, not your thing, I'll be there. I'm a good looking guy. And we would
2: all agree, great food. Legitimately the most good important food.
1: part of this ad is the great food. It's
2: great food. they got TV, sports bar. they got the vibe, the beer, food, everything you could want. And most importantly, again, other than uh, the food, is that there is at least, I'd say, a 35% chance one of us would be there.
0: <laughs> and you get the mac and cheese bites. And you can get those...
1: Shrimp tacos, which yeah. are the king. Uh, you get the you've gotten healthy on me lately. You I get, eat the hummus. You
2: eat the, I hummus. Get the hummus. Who <laughs> eats really that? Good. He I, does at party. I Bar know and I like hummus. Maybe I don't, go. but Horizon's got some great hummus. But
0: you look for them on their website. You can see their happy hour specials. Uh, just a great place to hang out, and it's in, and if you want to like a little upscale dinner, you yeah. can go in there for that as well. It's at Bannerman Crossing at the uh, right off of Thomasville Road in Bannerman. Uh, up there on the Northeast, Tallahassee. tell them
1: headlines sent you. Well, the important thing is support the people who help support Seminole headlines. That's horizons bar and grill. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them.
2: Seminole Headlines is brought to you by Register Sausage, serving the Florida Panhandle and Lower Alabama for over 75 years. To find a store near you or to buy directly from Register's, head to registermeets.com. That's RegisterMeats.com.
1: Seminole Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. By the way, fellas, uh, I got to give Ryan credit here on the chat. He wants to know if Leonard Warner can get NIL and Social Security at the same time. <laughs> uh, obviously, good news for Florida State, though, that Leonard Warner uh, is coming back.
0: Sure. Yes. I mean. Jeez, Ira. I mean, brief. It's like you I mean, talking about I, Travis Hunter good, all over
1: again. That, that sounded a lot like something Corey says about viable players.
0: I mean, look. I mean, look. Leonard Warner played linebacker for three years. Was not very useful as a linebacker. They got him to move to the defensive end. Took him a little while to get that position. Then he gets hurt and sat out for a year. I mean, it, yes. I mean, I you know. Hopefully, it'll be helpful. He's going to be like having one of those BYU kids. Just when been I, on a mission for two years. He's going to be twenty-five but,
1: years old. All I'm referring to is that that kid works hard, cares, is one of the glue guys that they love in the locker room and can provide depth at a position where you desperately need it. So that's that's a I'm not telling you he's coming in yeah. and you're going to have 11 sacks. I think I, I think at they, this time it it I think
0: at, I'm just saying at this time of year I think the focus from a fan standpoint in thinking about trying to win games is can they go out and get some defensive ends who can pressure the quarterback, can can impact the game the way the guys who just left did? And, uh, you know, I don't think... Oh, London no, he works.
1: won't do that. But I don't... Anybody who thought that, I mean, I don't that's think that's... what I'm that's saying. Hurting. That's what I'm saying.
0: It's not just... It's not like, you know, there, there, there's at least excitement about some of these transfer guys, like a, the Pittman or... And by the way, I, and a couple of people mentioned in the chat, I, I said his dad was a receiver. His dad was a running back. He caught a ton of passes. Uh, he was used as a receiver out of the backfield a lot, but he did play traditionally. His position was running back. But um, those guys, at least there's the, the hope that you know, you don't know what maybe the best is from there. You know, I, I think it's going to be harder for people to get real excited about Leonard Warner coming back. Not that he's not a good kid or won't help the program in some ways, um, but, you know, right now they need guys who can get after the quarterback. And I think Derek yeah. McClendon, Quayshawn Fuller have shown more potential in that regard.
2: Yeah, we've already completely, talked really. way too no, long I, about Leonard Warner.
1: Yeah, Sorry, no, I completely agree. Well, I wanted Ira a chance to clarify this, himself, you know. He's crap sounded like he sounded like he hated the kid. Uh, it sounded like he had real spite for the kid. Yeah, I don't and, know what
2: happened
1: and, there. And then also, uh, not only was uh, Pittman's dad a running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he also had the biggest biceps in the history of running backs. To ever. I mean, go, go look at the pictures from him playing. They were always insane. He also mysteriously always ran with so much forward lean that he was snipered on the regular, just falling for no damn reason effective going through the hole if he hit somebody, Ooh. but if nobody was there, he'd fall down. It was really weird, just as an aside. Okay. So it's right. good well, for that's garbage. good to know. Uh, yeah, just, just clarifying. Uh, so getting back.
0: Go ahead. I was going to ask, Jeff, how was your uh, break, man? We haven't heard. I know I got to see Corey a good bit when we were up in Atlanta. I didn't hear much about your, uh, your holidays. How would you do?
1: It was great. I did well. We did, you know, I we did a lot of nothing right through Christmas. And then after that, we traversed uh, went down to Tampa, St. Pete, Bradenton, saw all the family, gave hugs. Lucky I didn't get COVID. Came back, uh, get, did see the lightning play, won a game in overtime. That was really nice. Got back to Tally, been chilling ever since. I just couldn't wait to get back to doing this with you guys. And so Ooh. I was really worried last night when Corey texted. I thought, oh, man, are we going to have to delay this? What are we doing here? Get it together, Corey. But, here he is, a trooper. Here you are. This is are my flute. This stitches. is my COVID game. Yeah, this look is it's a big, We'll look back on this one. In addition to that, I know, Ira, you had hell on earth on your way back from Georgia yesterday. So, I mean, yeah. I'm just, I'm just happy to be sitting across, looking at you two gentlemen because I didn't think it was going to happen.
0: So yeah, we got a flat tire on I-75, and this was the my favorite part of the time. We're, we're we're stuck in the side of the road trying to figure out. We got the trunk full of all of our suitcases and stuff because we've been on the road for a week. And uh, and I part anyway. It was a long story. I was calling AAA because I'm not man enough to change my own tire on a car. As you should call one.
1: AAA. It's a beautiful thing. Yes. But, well,
0: but, but
2: you are. You were too close to the highway to get we, out and change the yeah. tire.
0: Anyway, so it was kind of a nightmare. But anyway, the best part though was at one point, one of my kids goes, "Can't you like get on Twitter and ask people to come help you or something? Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like somebody's just going to see it on Twitter. Happen to live near Macon, Georgia? Race right out to I-75." And uh, change our tire. Further. I bet there'd
2: be somebody out there that would help you, man. Well, I, I bet if I if I did that on the way down to Tallahassee and be like, guys, I'm stuck between Tifton and Moultrie. Please, anyone. I bet somebody might come come to my aid because I don't have AAA. <laughs>
0: you don't need it. You're not. You I don't, don't drive enough. That was what Corey told me, Jeff. He said, "Hey, there's not a lot of things I can do with a car, but one is I can change a tire. I, and can't I can change, change a tire." tire. I can change the tire, too, but I've changed plenty of tires. The problem is Kim's got a newer SUV that I've never even looked at her spare, the jack. they don't. It's not like the old days with the, the jacks that everybody knew how to use. They're all either scissor jacks that are different. It's just uh, wasn't feeling real confident, confident enough to take everything out of the car to then hmm. try to fail miserably in changing a tire right next to the side of the road. So I want to cool. know
1: how many hours you sat and waited on AAA.
0: It was going to be a while, but you know what happened, though? Thanks to our friends in Georgia, Corey's Fine State. They actually have like a highway assist program. And before AAA could even get there, that guy came and stopped and he helped me and uh, we were on our nice, way. Nicely
2: done. Nicely so, done. It was, That's how uh, we roll. That's how we roll in the peep state. Yeah,
0: AAA was uh, – they're great, man, when you're in town. They're great when you're in town. When you're out on the highway in the middle of nowhere, it can be a little bit of an adventure
1: yeah that's why i was to, that's why I asked the question, so I'm glad you were assisted because if you're in the middle of nowhere you're gonna be waiting for hours on end, although that story I just got done reading about people up in Virginia oh man spending yeah. the night in their cars while it's snowing no yeah. no no no, no, can you imagine fifteen hours they're in the there. same car in the same lane
0: they're still there no oh, no no, and it's not that usually doesn't happen up north like in the, like if you're in d c or New York or Virginia, like usually they know how to handle ice and snow. Corey, you remember your, your guys' uh, blizzard in Atlanta a few years ago? I do. That's a totally different ball game because they don't know what to do. Like they're not prepared for it. It's weird for it to happen in a state like Virginia on 995. Usually they would figure it out quicker. But with Those the Atlanta, people thing, should have called uh, AAA. The thing with the Atlanta one, people just like got out of their cars and just yeah. walked home. Chipper Jones came and got Freddie yeah. Freeman
2: on his snowmobile. <laughs>
1: Man,
2: Only that's... Chipper Jones would have a snowmobile yeah. in Atlanta,
1: just for I, the uh, one.
2: One day every twenty years that he can use it.
1: I got stuck on I ninety five a few years back for two and a half hours, and I thought I was going to hurt somebody. Can, I can't imagine fifteen hours, sixteen hours straight. Also, I thought about if we, like you ran out of gas or you had to turn your car off and it's freezing cold. Man, yeah, then, then you're yeah, we know danger. Oh. Yeah, no, that's not good. Uh, that said, that's why you don't live up in those states.
0: But I did get yeah. to spend I did get spend time with Corey a little bit for New Year's, and I I was with him as Georgia was pummeling uh, uh, Michigan in their game. And the best thing about watching a football game with Corey is his team's up by 25 points, whatever it is. He thinks they're going to lose. Seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And he's bitching about every call, everything that they didn't capitalize on this opportunity. Dude, you're going to win. You, you're, you're in the championship game. Like, relax. Enjoy All right, it. That's enough. Nobody asked was, you. Nobody the, asked the, you. The hay was in the barn, Corey. The hay
1: was in the barn. It wasn't out the gate. It's definitely in the barn when it's McNamara on the other side having to throw. Yeah, when he's pretty going bad, huh? I didn't, I didn't watch Michigan a lot this year. He he wasn't the answer. No. Not against that Georgia defense. Really, anybody that could shut down the run and you made them one-dimensional and have to throw the football, he's not a dynamic passer. So you kind of just got the sense that they had, they had reached their potential, man. They won the Big Ten. They ended the spell against their rivals. Well, at least Ohio State. They did lose to Michigan State. I mean, it's a big year for Harbaugh. So they, those Michigan fans had to be happy, even on the wrong end of that ass beating that they just took to Georgia. It's all right. Now the rest of the country, we all get to watch Alabama and Georgia again. It'll be great. And maybe next year we'll get to watch Alabama and Georgia or Texas AM and and Georgia. Or maybe yeah. Alabama, Texas AM, and and Georgia. We'll have just this three games against Around each other Robert. every other yeah, year. That's, that's all we'll do
0: here. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like You guys both have a vested interest. Jeff, you have a vested interest because you have money on Georgia winning the national title. Yes, Corey, you, you yeah. like Georgia as a program. You grew up there. You went to school there. But it's for me like I can't even I don't know. I was trying to figure out like what scenario is better. Do I want to see Nick Saban win his thirty fifth national championship? No. No, no. Do I want to see Georgia win it with Stetson Bennett quarterback? I'm not really excited about that prospect either. I do like Kirby. He was nice. I got along well with him here when he was on the staff at FSU. But that was twenty years ago. I don't know him anymore. So it's just, it's hard for a casual football fan. I guess you root for Georgia. You can't root for Alabama. Who
2: could root for Alabama? Yeah, But yes, it's like rooting for uh, the Darth Vader or the Emperor.
0: Right. You know, there's either not a, one a isn't, a great,
2: isn't great. Um, you don't really have a great rooting interest. And I will say this. I went to Georgia. I'll be cheering for Georgia. No fan base puffs out their chest more for accomplishing less than the University of Georgia fan base. They've won one national title since 1942. It is when Jimmy Carter was president, and they've done a whole lot of nothing for four and a half decades now. And uh, yeah, but they 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 think they think they're royalty. Now they're getting there. Kirby keeps yeah. getting them in this spot. They're there, but until they win another one, you can miss
1: me with how your college football royalty. That's what I'm for, two, Georgia. Hour number two, headliner questions forthcoming. Hang tough, everybody. We'll be with right you.